Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All righty. Here we go. We're in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2 today. I want you to go turn there where you have your Bible. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2. We're going to begin there. And we're going to be looking at keys to operating in the realm of the supernatural. Keys to understand, uh, keys to operating in the realm of the supernatural. And this is a portion of a section that we're going into. It's called how miracles are released. How miracles are released. And I think that's the biggest problem that we're having in the church that people don't know how to operate in miracles. And this is the reason why the church is stagnant. Many churches, not all, many churches are stagnant, they're at a halt because they're not operating in the supernatural, they're not operating in their gifts and callings. I bang people over the head with this constantly. It's just the Lord keeps nudging me. He doesn't leave me alone. He just tell him, tell him, tell him. So that's what I do, and I obey the Holy Ghost. Okay, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2, you're, and I'm reading from the New King James. It says, this only... It's Paul writing to the church. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Notice that, notice that phrase, hearing of faith. Underline that if you will. If you have your Bible, highlight it, circle it, do something. But notice that phrase. Or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Isn't that something that the whole law can call us foolish sometimes? Amazing. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you not being made perfect by the flesh? Verse 4. Have you, have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in, the, if it indeed was in vain, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Okay, so when we read that text, there's three things that we have to understand. There are three simple keys to operate in the realm of the supernatural. I'm going to give you three of them. I want you to write them down if you're taking notes. Here they go. Hearing, faith, and obedience. And I'm going to explain on each, each point. Hearing. Number one, hearing and recognizing the voice of God. And I'm going to go into that a little further on this session. I hope you all get to it. We're going to be looking at how to hear and recognize the voice of God. This is the problem of one of the biggest problems that we're having when it comes to the prophetic. People don't hear the voice of God. This is the reason why they don't step out in faith, because they're uncertain. But there comes a time you have to know the, the voice of God. Like Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You have to get to that point in your spiritual walk, in your, in your uh, Christian um, journey, that you know what you know that you know that it was God. So, again, many people don't have that. How does it happen, Apostle? Like I said before, through intimacy to the Spirit of God, you will get stronger, stronger and stronger, and you will hear God clearer and clearer and clearer. But if you don't press in, you can't press in. You have to press in to hear God's voice. And once you get to that relationship, it's so clear that you can hear like, like if he was speaking to you in your ear. So 
It takes time. It takes practice because you have to fight. Watch this. You have to fight with your own thoughts. And, and a person asked me a question who I was talking to on Facebook. She sent me an inbox, and she said, how can I determine if it's me or the spirit, which is a very good question. Many people ask that same question. Well, easy. you got to test it by the word. That's all. If it don't align with the word, it's more likely it's your own mind, your own imagination. I would say 90%, 95% of the time, it's your own mind, your own imagination. So that's about as far as hearing and recognizing the voice of God. Please uh, start six your phone. I'm hearing some noise in the background. Please start six your phone, or I'll mute you. I can also mute you here because I hear some noise in the background. Okay, second, faith. Faith. That's another way of operating in the realm of the supernatural. As we read in the text, or by the hearing of faith, as Paul writing in the second verse of the text, as he said, did you read, receive by the spirit, by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? What is faith? Faith is an inner conviction based upon hearing the word of God. I'll repeat that. An inner conviction based upon hearing the word of God. You have to have that inner deep conviction that what you heard from God is relating to the word of God because, because God speaks through his word. And many times we have the same problem because people saying, well, I don't hear God clearly, but what does the word of God say? You see, what happens is this. I always say this also. I repeat myself a lot because it's, 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 it's necessary. A lot of times people don't understand this, this concept that God speaks by his word. We know that. But when it comes to when it speaks to you in your mind, your spirit, it's the same concept. He's going to draw out of you what you put inside of you. Are you following me? He's going to draw out of you what's ready put inside of you. So when you put the word of God in your spirit, it comes out of you, comes to your spirit, your mind, your emotions, your will. It, your whole idea of thinking is transformed because God is now superseding your own thoughts with his word. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He is superseding your thoughts, your minds with his word. So that's why he says, my thy word, David said, have I hidden my heart that I know will not sin against you. So when the word of God is put in you like a computer, there's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. You put the word of God in you, it becomes resonant. When it's a time for it to come out, it's in the mind. So an inner conviction based upon hearing the voice of God also deals with the spirit of God and the word of God instilled in you. Now, number three, obedience obedience a prompt response what is obedience a prompt response to speak and act on what you heard i'm gonna repeat that a prompt response to speak and act on what you have heard the thing is what we have to do is this this is vital when you hear a word you have to act upon it immediately you can't be wavering you see this is the, this is the problem that we're having and we don't move out in faith Many times people are in churches in different circles, and when God says move, they don't move. They stay there frozen. They're like this. What do I do? But if you only knew what the word says, you would act. You would move into position. You would, do, you would just walk in it. You wouldn't waver. You would release that prophetic word because you heard from God, and you would let it go. You have an assurance of you. So you ought to obey when the promptings come. 
You're going to know once you know what God has said, has said in his word and what he's talk, spoken to in your spirit, you're going to move. You're not going to wait. When he tells you go, you go. When he tells you do, you do. Whatever he tells you to do, you're obedient. You don't wait. You don't wait. Because it's vital. Time is of the essence. One split second can matter in someone's life. They can come in and out the door of your church. They can come in and out the door of your life in a matter of minutes. So when God tells you something, go speak to that person. Go pray for that person. Do this, do that. And if you're wavering and say, well, let me think about it. Let me No. You have to know that you know that God has spoken to you. Okay. Let's get into some biblical examples of these keys. Now, go with me, if you will, to John chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. John chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. And I'll give you a second to get there. In this text, is Jesus speaking again. And he says, John chapter 5, says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father, notice that phrase, key into it, but what he sees the Father do, but whatever he does, the Son also does in the likewise manner. Powerful. Verse 20. For the Father loves the Son, and watch this, shows him all things. Shows him all things. Shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Powerful statement that, that he says here. Now, underline that phrase also. I emphasize on that phrase because I wanted to hit home with you. Shows him all things. God will show you all things. It's, it's, it's obvious. He will show you all things. The key is this. Are you observant in the spiritual realm? Are you seeing? Are you knowing? Are you listening? Are you observant? Not only with the eyes, but with the spiritual man. Your spirit has to get so in tune with God that you can pick up stuff in, a minute, in an instant. The gift of the sermon mm -hmm. has to rise up within you. It has to be strong. You have to discern things in the spirit. If you're going to operate in spiritual warfare, you will fail if you're not keen on who the devil's in. Very important principle. You have to know where the enemy is. Like when you're on a warfare, on a battle, strategically they know where the enemy is. They know they're here. They know they're there. It's like when they just bombed ISIS not too long ago. They knew exactly where their home base was. The planes came, and boom, they threw bombs on ISIS, right? So in the same way, we have to know in the spirit where the enemy is. He's not in everybody, but we can see this person got a devil. And this devil's everywhere, in church, too. You know that. So when we look at the text, this is what we're going to observe here. Number one, Jesus continually heard the voice of God continually heard the voice of God. He didn't hear he didn't hear the girl once he didn't hear the voice of God once a week on Sunday when he went to church or synagogue on Saturday, mind you. Are you following me? He heard the voice of God continually. Why? Because the intimacy I was, I was just telling you. Number two, Jesus saw into the realm of the supernatural. He saw it in the physical and individual. You gotta remember something. Jesus was the God man. 
He's God, but he was a man. He's both. He's God in the flesh. Jesus was committed to the will of the Father. John 6, 38. Powerful. He was committed to the will of the Father, as it says in the text. I say to you, most surely I say to you, again, I'm reading it, John 5, 19. The son could do nothing of himself, but what the, he sees the father do. He was a copycat of the father. And mind you, we also be the same thing, a copycat of Jesus. People always ask me, what book should I read? Yeah, I got a book for you to read. Read the Bible. That's your best book. Read the other books later. Go to the Bible first. You want to know about demonic warfare? Read Jesus. You want to know about deliverance? Read, about the, read the Gospels. It's all over. All over. Read the Gospel of Mark. It strikes right away. Boom. Jesus starts catching out devil. I don't have a problem with books. I have plenty of books, and I've read plenty of books, tons of books. But those are just man's opinion, even though they have the scriptures, or sometimes people can manipulate the, the, the word the way they want it to flow with them. So I always go to the source first, and then afterwards, if I want to pick up a book or commentary, I'll do that afterwards. Okay, number four. We must learn to hear and see in the spirit. And I tell you, that takes time. It's up to you. There's no set time of how long that's going to develop. That's up to you. That's up to you. It's all, the ball's in your court. You want it, you got it, but you got to move forward. You got to train yourself. So there's no babysitting in the kingdom. We're big boys. We're big girls here. Okay, let's go now to Acts chapter 14. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 3, and then we'll go to 14. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. Let's turn over to the right, one book, and you're in Acts chapter 5, actually 3, rather. I want to welcome everyone who just joined us either on the live stream or the conference call. If you just joined us, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. Okay, Acts chapter 3, we're going to read verses 4 through 8. It says here, again, I read from the NKJV, New King James Version. It says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold. I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leap, so he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Powerful story. Now, I want you to key in this one here. This is powerful. Look at your word when it says that he fixed his, his eyes. He fixed his eyes. You can write down this strong uh, concordance verse. If you have a pen, write this verse down. If you don't have a strong concordance, you can look, have, go online. You go to blueletterbible.com or org, one or the other, and you'll see strong concordance numbers. If you want to really get deep and to find out what something is saying, I give you these numbers. You can go back and check them out, and it will expand your understanding of what the Bible is saying. It's amazing. 
Okay, so again, the phrase, fix his eyes, what does it mean? To fix his eyes, it basically means this in the Greek. To gaze intently, behold earnestly, to fasten the eyes, to look earnestly or intently, steadfastly, to set his eyes. So, Peter focused mm-hmm. attention and perceived in the spirit the attention of God to heal this man now. I'm going to repeat that. That's powerful. I want you to catch that one. Peter focused his attention and perceiving his spirit. Hello, his spirit. He perceived in his spirit the attention of God to heal this man now. You see that? Now, not later. He took action because what he saw, and that's why I tell you, I told, told you before, how a woman told me that she was going to the hospital, and I said, listen, exercise your faith. Now is your opportunity to do it. Don't wait. Now. Like Peter did it right then and then. Now he did it. So Peter spoke and acted upon what he sensed, and the miracle occurred. He acted upon what he sensed, hallelujah, and the miracle occurred. His own faith was risen up for what he saw. He knew who he was, his identity. This is very, very important. We have to know who we are. He knew who he was. He knew he was apostle. He knows he was Peter the Rock, all that. But still in all, he sensed in the spirit what to do, and then the miracle occurred. You see how Peter's shadow healed people? It didn't happen overnight. We know the story, how he betrayed Jesus. He backslid a little bit for a little while. He wanted to throw in the towel. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he came back. The first thing he said, and go tell Peter that I've risen. Go tell Peter. You weren't, you're not finished, Peter. And you may be here on this call. You may be on this live stream. You say, you know what, Apostle? I used to do all that. Well, guess what? God is calling you to do it again. God is calling you to do it again. Okay, I got to put somebody on mute there for a second. I'm sorry, but I can't have any, any noise at the moment. I'll open up the lines in a second. Okay, now let's go to Acts 14. Acts 14, go to the right, and we're going to read verses 8 through 10. Today I'm going a little slower so people can get this because I don't want to go too fast and go right by people. I want to take my time so if you can get, get a hold of this. Acts 14, verses 8 through 10 says, And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man, I'm sorry, yes, this man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently. Underline that verse. Circle that verse. Highlight that verse. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and walked. Notice, if you will, the, uh, the confidence in Paul, watch this, the confidence in Paul and the assurance of who he is in Christ. As he, as he walked up to this person, he had such faith that the miracles began to happen. He didn't even touch the man. He says with a loud voice, 
stand up on your straight on your feet and leap. He leaped and walked. He didn't even touch the guy. We always think, oh, you have to lay hands. You don't always have to lay hands on people. I've, I've done many things over the phone and told people do this, even on Periscope. I've told somebody, uh, I think on our last teaching session, on the last prayer call, which was Wednesday, a woman called and she had a problem with her voice box. She said that she sings in the choir and she, uh, she felt like the, uh, they think she had a bad report from the doctor about her voice box. And I said, sister, this is what God is telling me to do. Follow these instructions. Put your hand on your, your, right here on your throat, on your voice box. He's telling me to lift up your other hand and pray with me for the prayer of faith. I'm going to wait for her to call me. I'm waiting to hear the testimony. When she goes back to the doctor, hopefully she'll contact me soon to testify of her healing. I acted immediately. I didn't think about it and say, wow, that's, that's, that's tough, man. Wow, I'm so sorry for you. No, you don't do that. You act upon the situation. God put that there, so you act upon it. Lord have mercy. Okay, let's look at the insights here. Again, Paul observing him intently is from the Strong's 816. Again, to gaze intently, to behold earnestly, to fasten the eyes, look earnestly intently, steadfastly, set his eyes. Paul focuses his attention and perceiving the spirit that the man had faith to be healed. He knew in the spirit that the man had faith. He didn't have to ask him. He didn't go up to him and say, oh, by the way, do you have faith? Did you have, do you have mustard seed faith? Do you have any type of faith? No, he don't say that. It says he knew it. He knew it. How did he know it? He knew it in the spirit. He got a word of knowledge. Oh, come on now. You see a manifestation here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You see a manifestation here of the word of knowledge. You see it working? He knew. He knew. He had faith. He didn't ask him. He just knew it. He just knew it. Now, Paul spoke and acted upon what he sensed, and the miracle occurred. So, as I said before, revelation plus word spoken plus active faith equals the manifestation of the Spirit. Write that down. Revelation plus word spoken, plus act of faith equals the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Now I'm going to get to something else. I'm pretty sure you're going to like this part. How to hear the voice of God. Now I told you a little bit what I told you, but we're going to get into it. We're going to look at some scripture to verify what I said. Let's go to John 16. The Gospel of John 16. And I'll give you a moment to get there. Not far from where you're at. Let me open this up. John 16, we'll go to verse 13. And it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Note that phrase, underscore that phrase if you want, you have not already. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Watch it. He will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. Verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is of mine and declare to you. And then verse 15 says, all things that the Father has are mine. 
Therefore, I said that he will take up mine and declare it unto you. We must want to hear God speak, as we see here. We must want to hear God speak. Now, I'm going to read to you a verse of scriptures. Don't turn there. Just listen. If you want to write it down, you can write it down. Mark chapter 4, 23 to 25. It says this. If anyone has an ear to ear, Jesus speaking, let him hear. Then he said to him, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. Lord Jesus, I like that. I'm going to read that again. Then he said to him, take heed with what you hear. With the same measure of you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. Verse 25, it says, for whoever has, him will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Okay, I'm going to read another verse. Stay where you're at. Uh, Mark 5, 23 to 25. Oh, no, I read that already. I'm sorry. Let's go further down. Uh, let's go to 1 John. I want to show you something here. Go to 1 John. Go all the way to the right. In the letters of John, right before, I believe, after, before Revelation. Quickly. 1 John. We're going to look at here the anointing. We're going to look at the anointing. Everybody wants the anointing. Let's look at the anointing. The Holy Spirit speaks from within us. The anointing. Let's look at the anointing. 1 John 2.27. 1 John 2.27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So what does that mean? Does it mean that there's no such thing as teachers? Well, that would contradict what the Bible says in this fivefold ministry, Ephesians 4.11, that said God gave us teachers. So what, would, what does that mean? He doesn't, you don't, he's not only supposed to teach you. No, what the, what the text is actually saying that the Holy Ghost is in you. He's the teacher. We're just the vessel. Hello? The Holy Ghost is the teacher. We are the vessels that he uses to teach from. So, yeah, we, we teach, but the real teacher is the Holy Ghost. Amen? Okay. So... You have to understand this. This is vital. Watch this. The anointing is a person. Oh, Lord Jesus. Probably didn't hear that one. Glory. The anointing is a person. The anointing is the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that's in you. He's the anointing. He's the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. I'll give you some things about the Holy Spirit. You have to know the Holy Spirit. That is your friend. That is your buddy. Get close to the Holy Spirit. If you don't get close to the Spirit, you cannot function properly in miracles, in signs and wonders, in prophetic teachings, in prophetic utterances, in prophetic anointings. If you don't get close to the Holy Ghost, please get to know him. Why? He's a person. Ephesians 5, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 uh, says the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He's a person. First Thessalonians 5.19 says the Holy Spirit can be quenched. Quenched. First Corinthians 6.17 says the Spirit is joined. Actually, your spirit is joined to the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how we live in a body and our spirit is in line with the Holy Spirit. 
it blows my mind. I, I just, to me, I just say, how does God do that? It's amazing. The Holy Spirit speaks spirit to spirit. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. He doesn't speak to your flesh. Your own soul speaks to your flesh, but the spirit speaks to the spirit. You see that? Because the carnal mind is enmity with God. It doesn't obey God's law. It doesn't want to do what God wants to do. So the Holy Ghost, yes, he'll probably correct you in your flesh and chastise you maybe and so with something on the outside, whatever. But still in all, he's going to speak to your spirit, not to your head. This is the reason why you have to make the determination what is flesh and what is spirit. My mind, my emotions, my, my will, which is the soulish part of man or the spiritual part of man. It's technical, but you have to get it. Okay. I'm going to read something from the Old Testament. Don't turn there. It'll take too much time. I'm going to give you some biblical examples of direct spirit communication, spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication. You can write the verse down. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, the prophet writes, I will stand my watch and set myself on a rampant and watch to see and what he will say to me. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So when we look at that, when we hear that, we notice the following. Habakkuk positioned himself to be still and quiet. Whoa, that's powerful. He positioned himself to be still and quiet. If you need to hear God, you got to be still. you got to be quiet. God whispers in a still, small voice. He doesn't yell all the time. He doesn't scream. You have people that are screaming all the time, yelling in the church, yelling in the churches and screaming. Come on. That's all, that's all emotions. We get ourselves worked up, myself included. We get worked up. But the spirit, as, it, as he spoke to Elijah, Elijah on the mountain, the Bible says when he came to Elijah on the mountain of Mount Carmel, he spoke to him in what? A still, small voice. So you get your spirit quiet. You focus on God. You pray. You just ask him. You just close away. Shut off the phone. Shut off the computer. You know, anything I can say, if you want to put on some music, that's fine. But everything else must be quiet, quiet, quiet. Habakkuk took time to wait for God to speak. Oh, Lord Jesus. Habakkuk took time for God to speak. We have to wait for the voice of God to come into our spirit. We have to wait. We want to right away act, right away give a word, right away. But most of the time, me, I don't know about anybody else, but me personally, I'll wait and double check with the, with the boss up there, the father, and I'll say, God, is this you? And I'm going to ponder it. I'm going to say, Lord, I want to make sure, is that you? Is that you? Is that you? And then when it is God, boom, a release is gone. Now watch this. He was able to discern the voice of the Lord speaking. He was able to discern that. Also, God spoke to him by way of a vision and in a picture. Now this I want to talk about really quick. Maybe I spent a little time with this. I'm going to repeat that. God spoke to Habakkuk by way of vision and an inner picture. Lately, this has happened to me. I'm going to give you a lot of examples because it's going to help you. This is why we're here. You learn from examples too. Within the last 
I'd say, what are we on? Uh, February? With the last three, two or two months, two, two months, I guess, I've been developing a level in the prophetic of seeing things in the spirit. It wasn't always there. But lately, it just, it just, it rose up. God just threw that at me. I didn't know what was coming. I wanted it, but it just, boom. I don't know if it hit me in my sleep or it hit me one day I was walking somewhere. I don't know, but I got it. And now what I'm learning about things when I'm operating, when I'm praying for people, I give you an example. Last night, a pastor called me, and he always calls me when he wants a prophetic word. That's the only time he calls me. Whatever. So he calls me. He's, he's a friend of mine. He says, listen, I, need a, I want you to pray for me because I, um, I, I want to make some decisions about my church and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. The moment I just started to pray a few words, my God, I saw the vision. It popped in my mind. And the Lord just gave me all this stuff. And I was like, whoa. And I told him, I don't know who this person is, but I see this person. And I said, there's going to be a person. Listen, this is detail, y'all. There's going to be a young lady that's going to come. Either you're going to see her next week in, the, in your church. Either she's going to come to your church or you're going to see her in the conference you're going to next week. He's going to another church, to, I guess, to visit another pastor that's preaching. I said, you're going to see them in your church or the other church. You're going to see them either way. I, that I don't know. But this I do know, I told him. I'm going to tell you what she looks like. He was blown away. I said, she has on a red business suit on. She has black hair. She looks Hispanic. And she looks like a businesswoman, like she's carrying a briefcase of some sort. She's light-skinned. Oh, my God, I'm getting details. And as I'm saying to myself, I'm saying, oh, my. I said, wow, I'm just blown away. This is how this is happening. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing these things. And I said, and I see you too. And I see you there grabbing something from her hands like some documents, and then you're turning around. You're all so happy and smiley. I'm like, I don't know why you're laughing or why you're smiling, but you see that she had given you some documents, and you were just ecstatic. And that's all I told him. So it wasn't a thus saith the Lord. Hello? It wasn't a thus saith the Lord. It was a vision, as, we, as I read to you. God spoke to Habakkuk by way of vision and an inner picture. An inner picture, it goes through the spirit, and God brings it through the mind, and he sees a photograph as if a movie is going before you. And he unveils it as you, as you press into this thing. Deep calls the deep, as it says, uh, the roar of your waterfalls, it says in Psalms, I believe it's 42. Deep goes to deep. And as we go into the deeper realms, he, he just, he just, it, it does downloads glory. It downloads. And then the picture, boom. I don't know. That's what's been happening with me lately. And I'm, I give God glory. I see that. And I, I didn't ask for that. I just received it. I just said, I guess God knows where I'm about to do, where I'm about to go, who I'm about to minister to. And I honestly believe that uh, people on this line, on this call, you're hearing this not in vain. Why? Because I believe that some of you are going to start to receive the same anointing. Glory to Jesus. He wants you to see how it operates. That's why you're here. That's why you're listening. That's why you're, we are all coming together. So as I share these things with you, you can see how it works. So you don't think you're nuts, though. You don't think I'm crazy. You don't think you're crazy. You're going to think, oh, what is that? I'm just daydreaming? No. 
Uh uh. That's what the devil wants you to think. But God is bringing a revelation. He's giving you either a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom speaking for the forward to the future, whereas word of knowledge is something present or even the past. So he brings that revelation. So, as we see here, Habakkuk had the spirit of God upon him because the prophets had the spirit of God upon them, not in them. The Holy Ghost wasn't there yet. Came later on after Jesus left. He dispersed the Holy Ghost. But prior to that, in the Old Testament, only kings, prophets, and priests had the Holy Ghost. That was it. That's why David said, please don't take your Holy Ghost from me when he uh, sinned with Bathsheba because he was scared. The Bible says that the Spirit of God departed from Saul. Why? Because of his obedience. That doesn't happen today. So don't anybody tell you, oh, it happened to Saul. No, the devil is a liar. Because that happened to Saul. Saul was an unregenerated man, king, who became demon-possessed. Yes, he did. Read it. He became demon-possessed. He became a little schizophrenic, if you ask me. So that's my... That's what my, my thing is as far as these visions that you're going to start receiving, I believe. That's how it works. Now, if you see people on YouTube, if you go to a meeting and you hear people say that, I see these things in the realm of the spirit because God is showing them something. You, you just like, it's like you have, let me give you an example for the people watching on the stream. It's like this. I'm not, I'm, for the people on the call, what I'm doing, I'm putting my hands in front of my, my face. The people who are watching me live stream, you see that? That's what it looks like. It looks like that. You can't see, but you see the picture like that in front of you. It's amazing. That's what you see the picture. It goes boom. And that's what you see. You see nothing else. And you have your eyes open, but it goes like that. And he, God puts a picture in front of you like that. It's powerful, man. I pray everyone gets that. I didn't get that overnight. I had to press on. I had to get my act together. I had to press on, and I had to let go of some stuff. Glory. Can't hold on to stuff and expect stuff. You got to get some junk out. I always keep saying that on, on Periscope. Get it right. Get your house in order. Get it right. Okay, let's quickly go. We're, going to, we're losing time here. All right. 1 Samuel 3.10. That's, uh, that's too quick. No, just listen. 1 Samuel 3.10. The Lord came and stood there calling at the other time. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. This is as in the NIV. He positioned himself to be still and be quiet. He took time to wait for God to speak. He needed instruction on how to recognize the voice of the Lord. You see, so Samuel didn't really know the voice of God. He, he was a kid. He was a young boy. And then eventually, as he grew as a man, he knew. He knew it. He grew, and he began to see and hear God's voice clearly, as it says in the Bible. Mark 2, 8. I'll read it. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned us within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about things in your heart? Why do you reason about things in your heart? Jesus knew what they were perceiving in their mind. He knew it. He captured it. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have that. I don't have that. I don't, I'm not there yet, but I want it. I want it. So Jesus continually listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He perceived in his spirit what the Pharisees were thinking, and the Holy Spirit communicated with him spirit to spirit. The Holy Spirit communicated with him spirit to spirit. All right, let me see where are we. Okay, are we out of time? I'll give you one more. Acts 14.9. You can write that down. Acts 14.9, and I'll read it. The, the man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intensely and seeing, 
that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and walked. We read that already. As Paul fixed his attention on the man, the Holy Spirit spoke into his spirit. He realized the man had faith for a miracle and acted to bring it about. Okay. All right. I'm going to stop right there, and then when we pick it up on our next session, which is on Tuesday, we're going to go into common ways the Holy Spirit communicates directly. Common ways the Holy Spirit communicates directly. We're going to go into that on next session. Okay. Session is now done. Any questions from anyone on Tiny Chat? You can either, okay, who sent me a message here? You can either write in, in the, uh, right there on Tiny Chat or just do it to me on Insta Messenger. Somebody just told me to show me a photo. Okay, I'm not interested in that. I got my Facebook open and people are sending me pictures. Okay, how nice. Any questions in Tiny Chat? Going once? Come on, type fast. Going twice. All righty. No questions in tiny chat via Facebook Messenger. Do we have any? Okay, I'm going to unmute. You can unmute your phones now. The lines are open on the call. Anyone on the conference call has any questions, let me know, and I'll put it on speakerphone so everyone else can listen. If you have a call of anything that you heard in the session, now is your time. Speak now or forever hold your peace. No questions? Okay. Excellent. I like that. Got it. All right. I guess I was clear, and everybody got a hold of this. All righty. So, like I said before, we will pick this up next week on Tuesday. If you're here in the morning, or either 11. If you're not here at 11, on Tuesday, we'll be back the same week, 11 on Thursday, so you can hear the session. And please share this broadcast. I'm going to be posting it also on Facebook. Share it with a friend. Share it with a family. Share it with somebody that don't know Jesus. Share it with somebody who's uh, new to the prophetic, people that want to know about miracles and healings and operating in the spiritual things of God. Share it. Share it. Now, if you got here late, like I said before, we're going to be doing these sessions in Spanish. Uh, and we hope to get by tomorrow and have more clarification as far as uh, the, uh, the time. We know it's going to either be Monday and Friday or just one or the other. We're not 100%. But by the end of the day, God willing, uh, tomorrow we should have an answer which way we go. I have a lot of people already asking me questions on Facebook about it. I posted a, something, a notification on Facebook, and it looks like a few people are interested. So... Uh, get the word out. If you know any Spanish-speaking people who can benefit from these teachings, feel free to invite them. Feel free to invite them. We want everybody to learn. Everybody needs to be trained in the word. Everybody needs to be trained in the gifts of the realm of the spirit. It's too many people out there are ignorant to these facts of what's going on in the spiritual. They don't know it. They know the Bible, but they don't know the deep things of the Bible. And I'm talking about spiritual things, people. You know, I'm not talking about knowing verses. No, it's, you know, a lot of times when we operate, when we operate in, in, this, in the supernatural, uh, it's amazing that all the things you've learned, all the books you've read, and all these things you've had, you don't even use them. 
You just use the word and the spirit. The word of God comes to you. You know what to do. You operate it, and boom, and there it is. So sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes we overdo ourselves with information. We just bombard ourselves, and I'm guilty of that too. I'm the, I'm the first one. We bombard ourselves with so much information that when it comes to using it, we don't use it. For example, like David, when he went to fight Goliath, they, they put all this armor on him. And he was like, my God, why are you putting all this armor on me? It's too heavy, first of all. It's like, I don't need all this. All I need is a slingshot. <laughs> Give me my slingshot. Let me get a rock, and I'm going to kill that giant. So all you, need is your, all you need is your slingshot. Amen. Don't worry about all this information. and I got to learn this, and I got to get that book, and I got to go to this seminar, and I got to go to that. Just listen. Don't worry about all that. Don't worry about all that. Don't, don't, this thing is not as, as deep and not as crazy and not as complicated as, you, as we make it to seem like it is. It's not. It's very simple. Amen. So thank you for being here. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer, and I'm going to dismiss you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity of serving you. I thank you, Lord, for everyone that was here today on this session. I pray, oh God, that they saw something that they never saw before in your word. I pray, Lord, that you increase their, uh, their wisdom, that you increase their anointing, that you increase their understanding in the realm of the spirit. And, Lord, that each one is here, Lord, that begins to see things in a different light as far as the spirit is concerned. Lord, transform them. Give them the power that they need that's endued on high as they go their ways this weekend, oh God, that they will exercise their faith and exercise everything they see in your word so they become vessels of the living God and become more powerful than what they already are. Lord, you said you have given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and you're not a liar. So, Lord, let it resonate in their heart that they have the power ready in them, and they can use this power that you have given them. Bless your people, Lord. Give them the strength, give them the understanding, and give them the patience to deal with this wicked world that we live in. We bless your name. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you, everyone. We'll see you again. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. All righty. God bless you. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.